I'm R.E.A. Schwartz, along with my co-host tonight, Pat Ralph, and welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W using X's and O's along with key stats. We bring honest and critical analysis. We got to start it off with the foghorn, foghorn, foghorn. Lisa Borders steps down as the president of the league. Um, and I, Pat, initial thoughts, reactions, feel, uh, I mean... I don't think many people saw this coming. No, I don't think we did at all. I mean, it's just one of these things where, um, you know, you sit down, you're like, okay, well, you know, we're in the dead of the off season right now. You know, everyone's kind of moving on to women's college basketball or to the NBA. That's only a couple weeks away. And even a men's college basketball, which is right around the corner too. And all of a sudden we just, you know, you look at your phone, you're going off, you pull it out and you see, Oh, Lisa Borders is stepping down as president. You're like, what? You do that, like, you know, that meme or that it's that gif of that guy who does that, like, stunned face where he just he looks so shook. I mean, that I think was the whole WNBA community trying to make sense of it. And I mean, for me, it was just like, I just was stunned. I didn't even know what to say. I, I you, you had to process it and really think it through and, like, try to understand, like, what was going on. And I mean, I mean, I think the first thing that stood out to me was, you know, I think looking at like, I think what her legacy will be like, and we can unpack that more, but I think that was the first thing, first thought that came to my mind is like, how is she going to be remembered? Is she going to be remembered positively or is she going to be remembered negatively? And, and we can get more in this, but I think it's a little bit of a mix of both. Um, and, uh, I think there's, you know, and there's a lot of reasons for both. There's several reasons for both to support it. Um, I think that there is, you know, reason to believe that she did a very good job and there's reason to believe that she didn't. So, um, I think, I think I'll put it this way and we can, I'll send it back your way. Ari. I think that she did a lot of good things, but she's leaving at a time when there's a lot of challenges and she's leaving a lot of issues. She's leaving a lot of issues on the table that have been unattended to. That's what I'll say. Yeah, um, something I do want to, and I'll and I'm, I'll be completely blunt. I'm quoting Rachel Galligan. She wasn't able to join us uh, due to su- some uh, playoff commitments in other sports that we won't talk about. But uh, <laughs> in her article over at <clears throat> Hero Sports, um, she had, she had a great line, and this is very key part. What makes this move interesting is the resignation of the WNBA COO and Rodriguez mm-hmm. in mid September. She was promoted to the role following the departure of Jay Perry, probably butchering every name ever. Uh, in March of 2018, she held the position for only six months. It wasn't really announced, and there's hardly been any information online about it. Border's announcement to leave the league, I mean, makes her the third executive to leave the league in the last six months. So it's that says a lot. And you had a good tweet about it. It says, uh, I don't want to misquote you, but to paraphrase, uh, it says a lot about where this league is when you have that much turnaround. The thing that was kind of interesting to me is um, being one of the larger news outlets that that kind of was one of the first on the scene. Um, I got my I I heard about it. I noticed it because Monique Curry and from her reaction, from the reaction that I saw from some other players they clearly had no idea. It was a shock right. to them. Right. What does that say to you? I mean, clearly, I don't think that this just all of a sudden happened. I think I think you look at it and they probably, for timing purposes, um, which can be questioned for sure, I think if you look at it from a timing perspective, they probably looked at it as if we don't want to do this right after the finals 
because if we do this, it's going to take all the thunder and everything out of the World Cup because they know fans are going to watch the World Cup, the Women's Basketball World Cup, which the U.S. won uh, over Australia. They won the gold medal. Congrats to them. Um, but I think they wanted to leave that unscathed and un, you know get the shadow of um, Borders' departure out of that, and they wanted that to stand alone. I feel like they probably figured, okay, after that event was finished, it's October 1. It's a month in advance before she will officially leave when she leaves on November 1, if I read that correctly. Um, I feel that they probably looked at it as, as now is the downtime. Now is the best. It's never going to be a great time when they announce it. But I feel like now is the time to do it um, because they need to get it out there just because out of fairness for the fans. They also need to get out there too, and we can get into this because one of the issues that she's leaving on the table is the fact that um, we have a collective bargaining agreement that the players could be opting out of come next month, and we would need a new president. Um, the league would need a new president in order to handle that, um, the players doing that. So I think the timing is very interesting because you do have this opt-out coming, a very likely opt-out coming in about uh, four weeks or so. And I think that it's very telling. I just think that, again, this didn't just happen overnight. I feel like this has been in the works for a couple of weeks now. Well, I, look, if there's anything that was going to cement that the, the, the players are opting out of the CBA, it's got to be that the, the president steps down. Um, let's talk about, I mean, just in the sense of what these big things for the next president are going to be, and you touched on them somewhat, um, kind of the things that, in my mind, these are the things. And look, I, I think we easily fall into a trap of saying, the positives that happened in the league would have happened with or without her. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. And then we obviously, um, we look at the negative things and we say, those are her fault. Right. And, th- and right. I think that's a common thing that, that we, everybody kind of does towards the people in positions of power. Um, when we all see our own ways of how we could, you know, better this league in, in our minds in an easy way. The interesting thing to me is, what is going to be this the and what is going to be the position that this this next president is going to be coming from? Uh, an interesting uh, thing that I saw somebody tweet out is that the last two presidents did not come from a sports marketing or uh, like a sports ownership background. That's interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Didn't know that. Wow. Well, and and uh, and I'm I'm curious your thoughts. Do you think yeah. an ideal CEO, uh, or sorry, president, would have to have that experience, or it like, I guess you know, are are we trying to moneyball this thing, or or do you want like that old the old coach? Yeah, I mean, you don't need you don't need a a uh, um uh if i'm looking for you don't need a necessarily someone in sports to be a ceo of a company to be the head of the the wmba you need someone who's smart you need someone who knows how to grow it you need someone who knows how to market it that's the big thing marketing it and who knows how to grow it properly and doesn't have to be someone in sports yeah it can be someone in sports but you need someone who will work together well with the owners, someone who can work across the line and work well with the players union and the players. There's someone who can work with its broadcasting partner, ESPN, and someone who really knows how to market it. Again, someone who has sports background, that's great. But it doesn't just have to be someone in sports. It can be someone who just knows how to you know, market a, a, comp- a brand and a, a business and a field. And just um, it, 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 it just looks like, again, it doesn't – 
it doesn't have to be, but you know, maybe, maybe it's the route they go because you've had now these executives, you've had the last three or so the last two or so you've said have not had a sports background. Um, maybe you go that route and try something else different, you know, and maybe that might be what takes the league from where it is now to somewhere even better. You never know. Well, I, okay. And, and I want to get this out there cause I feel like it needs to get out there. I just find it hilarious that as we're talking about how this league's next president needs to have that, that marketing savvy, that the league botched the announcement. Right. Right. This, the announcement should have come from the league, right? It should have been a press release coming from the league and then they can kind of dictate the angle, control the narrative, if you will. Instead, it comes out from the root, I believe it is, the root magazine, like online magazine. Like, what? what is that? How do you botch the announcement of, I mean, look, there's, in my opinion, there's going to be a lot of really cool, a lot of exciting uh, roster transactions and whatnot that happen this offseason. Right. The free agency period is going to be wild with the amount of free agents that are out there. But this was – it's going to be hard to top this, and they botched it. So I, I find it very interesting. I, looking forward, though, Pat, um, I'm saying Liberty, yes. CBA, and a, and a new network deal. Yep. Uh, not, yeah, the CBA, sorry, uh, are going to be kind of the three biggest things. Do you, do you think I'm missing something there? No, I think you're right on. I think it's the CBA agreements, the CBA negotiations. That's number one. Um, finding a way because you know these players are 100% opting out, seeing the instability with the league. Um, number two is the Liberty. I think the Liberty is the big thing that's finding a new owner and finding a proper location for that franchise. We've talked about that a lot. That's no secret that needs to be done. Number three is you said it's it's got to be a, you know a working with our the NBA and the ESP and ESPN having a more transparent and understandable um, you know dialogue with them and something that the fans can understand and the media can understand and so that we can understand what that relationship is like and have a better dialogue so that there's better communication and just improve that relationship and i think it's also too just you know growing the game growing the game and further expanding it and just like constantly finding smart different unique ways to market the game in ways that you know can take it from where it is now to somewhere even higher i i agree with you um you know, we, we talk about being honest and critical. So yeah. I think we would be remiss if we didn't at least pose this question. And I'll give my answer. I don't want to put you on spot because we didn't prep for this one. But yeah. grading Lisa Borders' tenure of her presidency. Um, and and maybe this is a slight cop-out. I do believe it's kind of like a, a WNBA player. Yeah. Um, in the sense of you gotta, I, I, you have to give it time. Like before, I think we need like a couple years post, um, post her time before we can fully view what she did in a in a proper in a proper grasp of and proper uh, respect. But I do think, no matter how you spin it, she's leaving at least in my opinion with a sour taste in my mouth. And it, and I will put this asterisk next to it. As hard as I have been on her, and as yeah. hard as many people have been. The one defense I want to give and kind of my biggest complaint about her is her closeness to the media. It was always like a very orchestrated and very gospely uh, orchestrated press conference versus 
I would like to see her a little bit more active, like we've seen in from other commissioners. Uh, Adam Silver is a good example, even though I have my own bones to pick with him. <laughs> but uh, you, you know, you know what I yeah. mean. But no, so like, it's, but in her defense, it's hard when uh, you're in a position that very much so has its hands tied by the NBA. Let's just say it. Um, Pat, your thoughts on on grading her tenure? I think she gets. You know, here's the thing. I, I, it's like I kind of said. We can unpack it a little more here. Is that I think. She did. A, I think she will look be looked at. Her times will be looked at very positively because of what she did. And I think it's easy to lose sight of what she did and that she did a lot of great stuff. I mean, she was able to. Let me read through a couple of her things, her notable achievements here um, that I was able to kind of take a note of. Number one, getting a team to move from to get a team to Las Vegas. I mean, that's a huge deal to get a WNBA team to Las Vegas to that market. Great thing, and clearly the Aces are. It's a young team. It's a fun team, and it's just a good team to have. A good team to have in that city, um, and I think it's better for the league. I think that it's like that. And I think anyone who's watched them play so far would agree. It's a great environment, a great city for WNBA basketball. Um, I think the playoff format. You know, that's an updated format. That now there's a lot of people who think the NBA should update that. You know, that the NBA should take from the WNBA. They've already taken the shot clock idea. Why not take the playoff format? So that's another thing. That could happen. Um, I think number three is that you know she's got she was able to you know help get games live on Twitter, so you're able to watch for free. I mean that helps someone who may not have a cable package or may not have League Pass, and it's like, hey, I go on Twitter, I can watch a game. It's a free and easy way to bring in a fan, a new fan, into the league. Um, and I think too, I think what will age well is her embrace of, of sports gambling. I wrote about that this season. She has not shied away from sports gambling and the role it's going to play. And so she has been on the forefront of that, like the NBA has, in supporting um, different measures. Um, and then uh, and then also, too, getting the, you know, the WNBA in an all-star game, in, uh, not an all-star game, a video game. Excuse me, that's a big deal. So I think there's a lot of positives to applaud her for, and she's done a lot in her three years. I think what it is, though, I think what may happen is that you're going to look back, and I think there are a few things that for the long term, the long term, some things are not, gonna you know as i said these two glaring issues we've said the cba issue and the negotiations between the players players union and the league and the situation surrounding the liberty i would give lisa borders if you had to give me a grade um i think the other knock on her is like you said i think the fact that she is kind of kind of a little bit has the reputation of being a little bit of a puppet of silver um i give her hmm, i'd say like a it's tough. It's tough. Um, I've I've got to say like a B minus. You know, I've got to say I can't pull the trigger and say a C. Um, she hasn't been that bad. Um, but because the good stuff she's done, it has been really good and it's been great for the league's growth. Um, I mean, there's obviously some things she's leaving some big challenges for the next commissioner to have to handle or the next president. Excuse me. But it's a very I would say a. A B minus, I would say. I'd give her a B minus, maybe even a B. Yeah. Would you, Would you call uh this This might enter in the preposterous statement category, but yeah. would you call the New York Liberty, uh, the New York Liberty issue, Lisa Borders Middle Eastern peace process? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. She, I mean, that is a thing where you know. It isn't going to look good. Like her comments on it, like look tone deaf, you know, it's like, 
the comments about, well, you know, it's a great product on the court. As long as the product's good, the fans won't care. It's like, no, the product, number one, is not good. And number two, the fans do care. The arena's a dump. And it's just tone-deaf comments trying to compare it to Cameron Indoor. Like, give me a break. This is not Duke. Like, give me a break. Um, it's just it, it's just very tone-deaf. And the fact that they can't find an owner. It's been a year now he's had this team up. I mean, Doug Feinberg pointed out really well in his story today. James Dolan's had this team up for over a year now, just about a year now, and he doesn't want this team, and they can't find a buyer. And, you know, it doesn't look good that they can't, that they're having trouble keeping. It's not a good sign for the league if they're having trouble with selling and buy, uh, the sale and movement of a team that's literally in the biggest market in the country and is where the headquarters of the league are located. That's not a good sign at all. Could, could that mean that uh, Toronto might get a basketball team? I mean, maybe because you know what that would mean, Arya. If that uh, if if uh, Toronto gets a basketball team, what does that mean then? If the WNBA goes, to, you know, to Canada, well, it means uh, it's WNBA without borders. Come on, come on! <laughs> oh man, that's what you know. It's the off season, folks. But seriously, I got to get in my jokes. But, but no, seriously, like, yeah, I think I think it's a good point because. Look, the thing is, I think a lot of issues of it being in New York, and obviously the team, the league wants to have a team in New York, but and and that's and that's one of the things that I've always and we'll, we'll kind of wrap up from here because now I think at this point in the conversation, it really becomes the next chapter, which will be its own podcast, yep. its own episode. Yep. You know what would be the ideal fit for the next person? Right. What are going to be the major things? This this episode was about Lisa Borges. And, right. And, at least the border's time is done. She's out. All right. So now we got to start looking to the future. And that's the thing too. You make a good point. And I'll, and I'll just finish up with this before we wrap up. Is that, you know, you know, you don't want to you know kick her out the door and be like, oh, we're just thrilled to see her go. And like, I agree that I think we agree that change need to be made. I think I think a lot of people agree that new leadership, fresh leadership, someone different, something is good for the league. Um. With that being said, I think that change is good. I also don't want to be like – I don't want to make Lisa Boris sound like she's the worst president or commissioner ever in sports history. Absolutely not. Um, you have to thank her for what she did and the contribution she's made to the game and stuff and growing it. But you also have to point out her faults. And that's – we're just trying to be fair. That's all we're doing. And we're not trying to – you know, as I said, I think it's good that they're making – that this change is coming. We've been critical of her, but we also have to point out where she's been successful. And we can't deny that. Um, that she's been good for the league and the league has gotten better under her watch. Um, but we also have to say too here, like, I mean, two more things. Number one, we don't know who's going to get picked. We really don't even know who's going to be on the short list. I mean, do they go for a team CEO, like someone who runs, you know, who's kind of the head of the front office for a, a WNBA team? Do they go for someone like we were mentioning earlier outside of the WNBA, outside of sports? Do they go for someone in women's college basketball? Do they go for somebody who was from the NBA or in other walks of life? We have no idea, but we'll talk about it on another podcast. And the last thing that I like, and we kind of talked about this, like this is she's the third executive to leave in the last six months. Um, newsflash, this is not normal. That's not good. And that's kind of like the subtle thing to take from all this is like there's one thing to have um, her leave, and that'd be a big deal. But we didn't know this till now that, well, three people are gone. And that's a huge void of leadership in the WNBA front office. And 
it does inspire a lot of confidence in teams and fans and players in the media that the league is, um, you know, doing well. I mean, it doesn't show stability. If they're going to tell you otherwise, don't believe it because if the league's doing well, three executives don't leave. I mean, I'll tell you a, a quick story. I told my dad, I was talking to my dad, but I said three executives left and my dad just had this look on his face like, like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like people just don't jump ship like that. So I think that there may be, there could be more to this and we'll have to wait and see, but this is clearly not, overall, this is not a good day for the WNBA. It is not. And, and we'll just leave it at that. I'm Aria Schwartz, along with my co-host, Pat Ralph. This has been the WNBA Insider Show. This episode, we broke down Lisa Borders stepping down as the president of the WNBA.